You are listening to Any Given Sunday, Australia. Yes, hello and welcome to the Any Given Sunday Australia podcast, the number one podcast in this household. We have less than 71 days until the start of the NFL season, but we are entering a little bit of a dark time with sports, with the NHL and the NBA just finishing. We only have baseball live, so... Going to need to uh, get around each other to get around this uh, this little bit of a dark time, but we have an exciting episode today. It's it's a real house of cards kind of episode. We've got a lot of everything, uh, so I look forward to talking all things sports, and we'll kick it off with our good mate, Jack Rayner. All right, joining us now, just for a bit of NFL and Stanley Cup chat, we've got our resident MMA man, funnily enough. We've got Jack. How are you, mate? G'day, Tommy boy. I'm good, mate. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, did you get to watch the Stanley Cup, or were you too busy working? No, no, no. I, I watched a, I watched maybe a few of the games, and then the games I didn't watch, I watched the highlights. Um, yep. But I kept up to date with it. Um, obviously, you know, any app you have sends you notifications flat out, so I did get that. Yeah, I got the, the ESPN app now, and they were sending me stuff. It was good. Yeah, I was getting, no, I was getting good. updates from you while it was on, which... So. Well, I just wanted to you know keep myself accountable. Um, to tell you that my predictions were pretty on point, mate. They were, they were. We will get, <laughs> we will get to that later. But we're going to start off, kick off with some NFL news. Uh, just some quickly, some signings. So today, Terry McLaurin, McLaurin said it again. He signed a three-year, twenty-three and a half million dollars a year contract. We said that a few weeks ago. They needed to lock him away, and they've got him. Yeah, we did. I, I said twenty-five mil. Twenty-three yeah. is still good. I'm, and I think he actually now has the most guaranteed money for a wide receiver. I think it's eighty think, something million. Was it? Yeah, yeah. It's something. But well, they needed to do it, didn't they? Yeah. Well, like I said, they've got now someone for Carson Wentz to actually throw the ball to. So yeah. Or next year's quarterback when he doesn't work out. <laughs> yeah, they'll pay him his forty million and I'll send him somewhere else. Oh, off you go, mate. Retire. Who, uh, who but, else is in their conference? They'll send him to him or the division. Oh, who, oh that's terrible. Who else they have? The Giants. He won't go back to Philly. They won't. Well, yeah, that's right. They're in the same. Nah, he's gone. Yeah, he, he's gone. But I mean, the, from Washington, they actually need to do it because they don't have really oh, any high-profile players. So, and as I said, I'm pretty sure when last time we spoke about it, who are they actually paying? Yeah. So just pay the man. Yeah, uh, and they can work around him now. So exactly right. Now he'll he's definitely their number one wide receiver. He'll be a captain, and just and he's young, so put him in. You know. Build around him potentially. Yeah, build around build, him. Even even get even get a quarterback to tailor for him. Yeah, absolutely. So well, they'll be able to see that. Yeah, Carson Wentz definitely throws it up there on uh, you know one on three. So we'll, we'll see how good he, he definitely is. does. He so. definitely does. But um, we'll, commanders will probably stuff that up anyway. So yeah, no, it's that's just what they do, mate. <laughs> so the Saints have extended Demario Davis. Uh, he's got another one year and upwards of eighteen million dollars. So they've extended him to 2024. So he's already good this year, and they've extended him another year. I, well, I think they needed to do that because Mike um, Thomas still is injured, isn't he? Yeah. I'm pretty he, sure, or he's not yeah. reporting, or something like that. I don't. He's so, not something's too happy on. either. So. Yeah, something's going on in that camp, but it just shores up their defense, doesn't it? So yeah, it does. Um, Which they get so, very, very solid defense anyway. You know. So. Oh, he's Demarius Davis, a defenseman. Yeah. I yeah. thought he was a um, wide receiver, and he used to play at the Bills. 
No, must nope. be a different... Wrong guy. There's uh, that many Davises in there. Yeah, I apologise, Tom. No, no, you're right. But, uh, well, hey, even with Michael Thomas out, um, to, to shore up your defence and then not having to worry about putting 30 on just to win, they can probably get away with a few, you know, two or three touchdown wins. Well, they also signed Tyron Matthew. Um, yeah, see, they they got an outrageous defence. Yeah, no, they do, but I, I don't know about the Saints. I reckon they're, they're not going to be terrible. No. Nah. But they're probably not. Well, that's, I reckon I said this in my very first episode. I was I was very shaky back then, but yeah, the quarterback. I just oh, I've forgotten his name. That's how bad. James he, Winston. James. Like a few years ago, he threw thirty touchdowns and thirty interceptions. Like that's yeah, huge. I know. I know. That's good. But uh, then you get you know my man who's thrown thirty in his career. Like mm. it's bullshit. So I just I'm just not really sold on it. They'll they'll keep teams. They might even get a few goose eggs against teams, but they'll uh, I can't see him going too far. No, nah, they'll be middle of the pack. They, yeah. they might, you know, maybe a wild card, but mm, I don't know. I don't know. They're probably one to watch out for. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Deshaun Watson, his hearing began yesterday, Tuesday American time, um, and it's continued on throughout today. So we still haven't heard anything more, but uh, that has officially started. But it also, they've the Texans have officially been sued. Um, so there was a lawsuit in Harris County on Monday. It's accusing them of being aware of Watson's alleged behaviour during the massage therapy sessions. Hmm. Uh, individuals within the Texans organisations that knew or should have known about Watson's conduct. Uh, and the lawsuit also states that the Texans provided Watson's with resources such as rooms set up at the Houstonian Hotel, massage tables, and NDAs, non-disclosures. Um, provided to him from the Texans' head of security. So that's I've I've never heard of a uh, a club being thrown in with a player that's being sued. So that's pretty big for the Texans. I say I reckon they thought they got rid of all their their demons, but it's come up to bite them on the ass again. Yeah, I just reckon that the Texans were hoping as soon as they unloaded him to the Browns, that was it. Done yeah, that's it. Oh, 100%. Oh, they were going it's not going to come back and bite me, but yeah. me. Having the Texan security team hand over the NDA to oh no, is, that's that's huge, isn't it? That's like, that is, is that not a betting at all? That's unreal. That oh, that's just admitting false straight away. A hundred percent. I don't know how you can say oh no, no, no. That's mate. That's that's. I don't, I'm still dumbfounded by it. But even what I'm even most dumbfounded by is Watson's actual deposition. Because in his in his deposition, he said that. He didn't care about the expertise of the masseuse. He just that was not was not a priority to him. He just yeah. wanted to get off. About, obviously, it's all about the ending. Yeah. That's all it was. But I mean, as a professional athlete, you your body is obviously your career. Yeah. Tom Brady, uh, LeBron James, uh, Russell Wilson. They yeah, all Wilson's a lot famously million dollars a year or something. Into yeah, his body. right. Because they know that the longevity um, decides on their paycheck. <laughs> and for Watson to just be like. Nah, I just want to go, you know, have a bit of fun. I don't care about the, you know, the, the style of the masseuse. Well, wouldn't you? The, yeah. Your body, if your body does not hold up, you're not going to get that next pay, big pay, paycheck, mate. Nah, that's right. So that's, I just think it's unreal. There's a lot, of, the fishy, Texans, a lot of fishy information's in there. Oh, I can't wait. I'm, look, I'm over it. I'm over it. I just want it to be done with. You know, if the NFL want to sit him out for a year, which now apparently they're saying indefinite. That's what they um, want. They want a year at least. I just... 
Get over and done with it. I'm sick of hearing about it. Yeah, it's still going to take a while because oh, I reckon, no. as soon, even if they do come through, and they, last week I said it's some lady named Sue. It was actually a judge, Judge Sue Robinson, yeah. but some lady named Sue I was giving her, so my bad. Um, <laughs> even with whatever she comes out with, they're going to appeal at 100%. So yeah, I reckon this will take a while. It be yeah, it'll take fun. a while. But then what, what happens after that? Does it go individual cases? Or is that because he's already settled 20 of them? Is there only four cases left? Well, it could be six, but oh, it could be six. See, I don't. There's all this, yeah, all this information, and us as the people that are just waiting for this court findings, we're just just sitting around waiting, waiting to hear this information, so we know what's going on. I'm glad I'm not a Browns fan. Uh yeah, I'd hate to be a Browns fan. Yeah, um, and I'd I'd actually hate to be a Texans fan. Yeah, that's true. Oh, this could. Oh, I don't think it'll bury him, but geez, it could set him uh, back a long way. 100% it will but because um, then obviously how are they going to be fined are they going to be fined draft picks yeah. uh, you know, that's what I'm saying it could be yeah, money's probably they're hoping for money more than yeah anything, exactly right and they're already struggling to get stars on their team mm. um, it's not a desired they're place they're not there uh, mm. uh, also does, uh, Dan Snyder so he's come out and uh, he's declined to accept his subpoena on the boat in France so <laughs> Well, like I was saying to you before, I, I believe a subpoena. It's it's come out that it's it's not totally unprecedented, but it's pretty rare and uh, and usually unnecessary for someone to decline the subpoena um, because once they do that, they'll just indict them and they'll make them come and um, come and testify. But yeah, it's a very interesting tactic for him to to say, oh, I didn't get it. I'm not I'm not going to go. Yeah, it's it's pretty funny. He's probably just running around your ship, just trying to play hide and seek, so he doesn't get that. Um, to me, that's admitting fault. You, you, mate, you don't want to take on the subpoena and go and tell your side of the story. That could potentially clear up your name. Yeah. Even though you've got a lot of things against you. I think I Timmy was saying last week that he doesn't trust the process and things like that. But yeah, I don't know. Well, he's also apparently uh, one of the other reasons as well is because apparently Snyder's attorney is not available on the date, which is the 30th of June, and that's the only day that the committee said they can do. Yeah. And that doesn't work out for Snyder's attorney, so he's just not accepting it. But, I mean, if you're another NFL owner, you've got to be shaking your head at this bloke. Oh, yeah. Just thinking... What are you doing, what, man? You know, we're 30 of the most influential, money, powerful men in the world that owns this sport team, and, Tom, you're going to be next. Um, oh, you yeah, just think. Yeah. You know, I'm waiting for him to fall, and I'm just going to swoop in. You're going to take the commanders. I'll take anyone to be honest. Oh, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> You'll take it how you get it. Yeah. But I mean, the other owners are probably thinking that he's he's like an ex-girlfriend. You just should have dumped years ago. Oh yeah. Um, but you just kept him around. Hmm. That's another interesting one that's going to play out, and <laughs> yeah. I reckon that'll play out a bit quicker than the other. But yeah, more more to come on that one. Tyreek Hill has, funnily enough, after we broke the news that he was uh, made comments that Tua's more accurate than Mahomes, he apparently received death threats, which is probably crossing the line a little bit. People might have been taking that one a little bit too far. Death, death threats aren't the way to go, mate. Nah, um, you're not going to catch him anyway. No, oh, no, exactly right. Exactly right. But, I mean, my boy Debo Samuel got death threats, and... I've heard that that factored into his trade request from the from the Niners. What was his death threats for? Uh, because he said that he wanted a trade. Yeah. Um, and then he started getting more death threats, and then he's like, "That's well, not willing, making me want, want to yeah, come no, back. I'm definitely You're actually want to leave pushing now, me further you? away." Yeah. And I just think, 
if you get these blokes that are calling you death threats over online, social media, whatnot, they're not going to say it to your face. Mm. They're doing it because they can easily hide behind an account, a fake account, whatever. Um, so I reckon Tyrex, Debo, all these other professional players probably know that deep down they're just probably passionate fans. Yeah, that's it. And we don't really know what's going on behind there. But, I mean, getting death threats for to Tyreek Hill just for saying that he's now choosing his new quarterback over yeah. his old quarterback. Yeah, that's That's it. just competition, mate. I oh, know. I think uh, you've got to pull your head out your ass a little bit there if you're starting to do that shit. But... Mate, fans take it mm. too far. I know I, I get real into it and I get cranky and I let it affect my day, but... You know, it's, yeah, it's affecting it's your day, not not going to go out there and uh, abuse yeah. people. Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of your man, Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's, uh, scheduled, he's on schedule. He's going to start throwing soon. So, Which everyone thinks, oh, good, we're going to have a quarterback. But what I heard was he's, gonna, he's on schedule and they'll think, well, this ups his trade value now. Well, he's not my boy, mate. He's not, he's not been my boy ever since we drafted Lance last year. Wow. I'll tell you that. Jump straight off the ship. Mate, mate, I couldn't jump any quicker. Uh. Look, Jimmy's good. Jimmy's a proven winner. Um, but I just think this whole off-season where he knew he was gone uh, because Trey had to take the reins this, this coming year, for him to get his shoulder surgery at the last minute and not tell the 49ers and do it on his own accord, that meant that we couldn't trade him. Um, and then we had to prolong his... Um, he had to stay on the roster, so therefore he got his roster bonus. And now we're kind of waiting, just like the same thing with Baker, where Browns and, and the 49ers, we're hoping that someone gets an injury so we can trade him. But However, I think that from this past year, you can see that Jimmy is a locker room guy. Yeah. Um, and even though he's not athletic, he's not. he makes bonehead plays... But he's actually a proven winner. His record is really, really, really good. There's a reason that Bill Pelichick wanted to keep him, but Tom obviously yeah. said, nah, I'm staying here. You get rid of the young fella. But it's time for 49ers to, to let Lance fuck, just go nuts with this team. Mm. Um, but Jimmy, I don't know where he's going to go. But I, actually I reckon Carolina. Mind. Carolina. Well, I was actually thinking, and I spoke to... I think, I'm, I, think I spoke to Way, or I wanted to text him this last week. But how about... The 49ers, we've got cap space. Once we get rid of Jimmy, we've got $25 million in cap space. All right? This scenario, we give the Browns Jimmy. We take Sam Darnold away from the Panthers and have him as our backup because he's you know, sort of a poor man's, very poor man's Trey Lance. And then Baker can go to the Panthers. We'll take on most of uh, or a little bit of Baker's salary. But we get draft pick compensation from both teams. Yeah, so you're you're the you're the horse that takes on people, but you get the draft yeah. picks. But we get the draft picks and we get rid away from Jimmy. Yeah. But look, yeah, well, Whitey did say that it could be a third team, so you might be that well, third team. I, I think that I think it has to be because yeah. the, the the salaries are huge for these two players. But yeah. I mean, Jimmy, let's just hope he throws. And I've also heard that once he throws, we're allowed we're filming it and we're actually sending it out to the teams that mm. are interested. Um, hoping that we can just trade him like that. Hopefully, hopefully he's gone. I don't. Yeah. I don't want any negativity. Nah, fair enough. Fair enough. Lance is your man. Mate, Lance is my man. Right. Uh, now, if my memory serves me correctly, uh, you NC Carolina Northern. Um, your oh God, this is terrible. Uh, college team is it still for basketball? Wow, well, is it just basketball? Is it? Wow, well, for college football. Oh, I don't. I don't. Don't have a college football. Besides Alabama, I you, you'd and... pick a college team. It was a college team, wouldn't it? 
Well, I don't really follow. I follow the the Tar Heels in Car- basketball. North, that's what I'm thinking. North Carolina. North Tar-Hills. Carolina. Yeah, I follow them in basketball. Yeah, but um, not so oh, much in not footy. Really that, nah. Not so much in footy. They're not that good. But if I had to probably choose a team right now, I'd probably. Uh, uh, I don't know, mate. Don't know. Just well, want them to all have fun. <laughs> What about the Texas Longhorns? Because they've just saw uh, Arch Manning, which is Peyton and Eli's nephew. He's committed to the Texas Longhorns starting next year. I reckon I might have to jump on board. Mate, if you jump on board, I'm there with you. He's, I, he's going to be a gun. He's going to be a gun. I just think pedi- he's got the pedigree. 100% he does. Because he's not acting. Because his uncles is Peyton and Eli, isn't it? Yeah. Pretty sure he's out there, his uncles. Because they're not his cousins or anything. No. Nah. But they're all, they're all, the but I mean, their brother, which yeah. his name escapes me, but apparently he was, you know, the old story. He was the best, but injuries, uh, oh, no. riddled his career. So if he's got his dad's oh, pedigree, yeah, one hundred percent. But if hey, if there's any truth to it, and he's got his dad's ability, he's going to be, you know, maybe this is a team but, that the Browns go, hey, next year we'll get him. Yeah, well, yeah, the Browns or Texans, but I mean, even if. Um, Texans like, won't have any does... draft picks, mate. So bad luck for them. No, that's true. No, no. But I mean, even if he, um, if he doesn't have the same athletic ability, well, neither Peyton or Eli were that athletic. <laughs> but he can, from a professional point of view, he can pick their brains. Yeah, oh, and it, oh, he's probably already been picking their brains since he was five years old, mate. Let's be honest. Yeah. Because um, he's grown up with them. Two Hall of Fame career um, guys, and Peyton, one of the best ever. Um, I think that from the Texas Longhorns point of view is that um, they, I think I'm pretty sure they've got a new coach too, that now it's all about getting players around Manning because people want to play with him. Yeah, absolutely. So, so so now with their whole NIL deal and people being able to just go wherever, he will he will get He'll recruits bring, yeah. to him and they'll be, they'll be a good team. Yeah. Maybe not this year, maybe probably next year. Um, but I mean, I'm pretty sure two weeks ago on my Instagram, I saw videos of... Um, him high school running around and just throwing absolute darts, darts for touchdowns. Yeah. He, he he has now, the ability. He has the ability. Yeah. So mate, let's go. Yeah, we're on. Hook him. Hook him. Hmm. Alrighty. Moving on. So we're just going to quickly some NBL news. We're just going to go through some scores quickly today. Guardians three two over the Twins. Braves five three over the Phillies. My Yankees two one over the Athletics. Nationals 3-1 over the Pirates. Oh, the Astros had a big 9-1 win over the Mets. Oh, the Mets shit the bed. Mm. Brewers 5-3 over the Rays. Where's your team, mate? Where'd you go? Giants. Where are you? Look, we're, we've, been, Giants, we've been a little four, bit up three and down. over the Tigers? Yeah, we, we've been up and down. I mean, we we lost three straight, and then we won one, lost one, win one. We're... That's just how we are, mate. Yeah. We're up and down. Mate, you're just like Cardi's Angels. They went 11-4. They lost 11-4 of the White Sox. So a couple of big games out there today. But what we really want to talk about, or what I want to talk about, the fight between the Mariners and the Angels the other day. There's been 12 players and coaches that have been banned. Uh, did you see the footage that I put up on Instagram? No, I, I, did, I did see you put it up, but... Imagine being in that dugout and just watching it. That'd Mate, be, that was incredible. There were so many fists thrown. It was so good to watch. Some of the players and coaches that we have seen. So Phil Nevin, which is the interim manager of the Angels, he was suspended for 10 games, which was the most. I didn't quite see. I don't know if he was inciting the fight because I don't reckon he got involved. But um, 10 games is a fair few. Uh, the Mariners outfielder, Jesse Winker, he got five games. 
some others. JP Crawford received five games. Angels pitcher Ryan Tapera and Andrew Wants. They both got three. Uh, and the Mariners outfield Julio Rodriguez. He got two. So there's some of the players. But, geez, it was a bloody good fight to watch. I'm pretty sure that coach, I'm thinking, because they've got that many coaches in the yeah. dugout. I'm pretty sure that when he got hit with the ball, that was when the coach was pointing. I reckon he was pointing was to say, footage. off you go, boys. That's Get what him. I reckon. Off yeah. you go. That's it. Go. That's That's, that's why I reckon he was right. inciting but, I mean, it. Yeah, I think that's where he's going to get it. But I love a dust up. Oh, I love it when they do that because it brings it? people to the. That's it. Bring it's excitement for the game. Yeah, yeah you know, they're not going to get absolutely belted the way people are concussed. Hopefully, nah. but mate, you'll love that because there was some couple then, of good fists I, in there though. Mate, even even when the the players um, in the pitching area that, and they run and they just run and they want to just scramble around. Yeah, yeah well, in the video, you could see them. They're two minutes late to the fight. It went for four minutes to the fight, <laughs> they, so it was yeah, a good little yeah. fight. But that two minutes yeah. in, you see them trotting over, not was touching was each other any, on the way. But Was there any players that said after the game, was like, yeah, stuff that guy? Was there anything that came out like that? Uh, not that I saw, but I dare say no, they, I didn't they were all either. for it. <laughs> I wonder when they play next. I wonder how that's going to go. Yeah, I reckon that was the last game or second last game in the series. Uh, so. I want, I want to watch the next game Ooh, between them too. Next series would be good. Yeah. Uh, and just quickly to touch on, the Cleveland Guardians have completed a minority sale of uh, their club too. I've got his name right here. He's a billionaire. Billionaire sports Thomas businessman McMillan. David Blitzer. Unfortunately, not me. So he's taken a minority ownership, uh, but will eventually take control of the ballpark. He has a, a investment group, which it doesn't say their name. Um, but yeah, so... That's just one team that we have unfortunately missed out on, Jackie Boy. That's all right, mate. We'll get yeah, that one. That's all right. Let's move on to some Stanley Cup news. Uh, now, you're pretty happy with yourself after going over the tape. You said 4-1, but it went to 4-2, uh, and the Avs got the got the victory. Look, I'm, I'm going to blame the refs <laughs> because 4-1 was in the bag, Wasn't and it? then they just decided to give Tampa a little bit of a sniff. Maybe the league said, ah, oh, we want at least six. Yeah, they wanted a little bit more money, a little bit yeah. more time on TV. You know how that all works. Yeah, you know, I know. They, they, yeah, you know. But the best team won. They did. In the end. There was the a lot of injuries, team. but yeah, you, you're oh, right. They, mate, were, they were the best team. We, I think it was, I read something, now don't quote me, but uh, I think it was the fifth team in the past, you know, 30, 40 years that were preseason favourites that actually went on to win the cup. Yeah, so they were, they were favourites at preseason. During the season and at the start of postseason, yeah. So, so the, the, those three indicators, they were still favorites. they were definitely the best team. Uh, they've, as I said, like when we we're on last, that they, they've been building for years, and they were actually kind of annoyed at themselves internally that they hadn't won in prior. Yeah, before this. So yeah. about about time they won the cup. But I mean, yeah. uh, for teams like this, like Colorado, little teams, um, not not big sport markets, it's good. It, it's it's good, and this is what it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that was their third but, third title. They won in '96 and 2001 as well. Yeah, two, so I think 2001, Joe Sakic was their captain and won it, and now he's also their general manager now. Oh, beautiful! That's a good story. So that's mate, that's a great story. Warms your heart. But as you touched on before, the the injury list, and I don't think I don't know if you've ever noticed, but the difference between hockey and other sports is the injuries on the injury list prior or after the game, hockey, they just say upper body or a lower body yeah, injury. Right. That's it. They don't give you well, much. Well, if, you know, 
they don't give you nothing. Um, and I think it's because it's such a brutal sport. And if you say, oh, you know, he's done his Achilles, how do you know that someone's not going to come along and kick their Achilles? Yeah, right. Like, as long as they've you know, got blades on their the feet they can use. Yeah, well, that, that would be... Imagine that. Oh, that'd someone's be, Achilles with that'd your blade. Brutal. That, uh, you'd be gone for the league, I reckon. It's oh, not 100%. good. But, but, I mean, that's... Uh, and that's why they do it. Um, but I'm going to read off some of the, the injury list because despite... Tampa having a huge injury list, they did well. To get to their, that point, you know, they were going for their third Stanley Cup in a row, which is unprecedented. I just don't think that their championship grit and experience could overcome their injury list. No, nah, it was huge. You know, they, they had... Player had a meniscus injury at the start of the playoffs and, and continued playing. Sorelli had a shoulder and an AC joint sprain against the Rangers, and then he dislocated his other shoulder in this series versus Colorado. Kucherov had an MCL sprain. Uh, Paul had another AC joint sprain and an MCL sprain at the same time. Corey Perry had an AG, uh, AC joint sprain. So everyone had it. Um, they're, not, they're not little injuries, are they? They're not little they're not, because they... Uh, I, know, I know there was like four or five broken foots, but you know, wearing your skates, they're, you know, it's pretty tight. As long as you can actually get into your skates, you'll be fine. But you know, well, MCLs and AC joints, they're, they're painful and big injuries. Yeah, well, I'll touch on that in a minute. But I mean... I think if you know the listeners remember from my, um, you asked me who's going to be the most impactful for each team at the start of the, the cup. Lightning, I said Braden Point because he was just coming back from an injury. Well, he had an absolute shocker. He actually tore his quad um, and couldn't come oh, back for it. Another and he just So that, mate, that's unreal. But the one that you're talking about uh, with the broken foot, and I sent you the photo early today. Um, where's his name? Uh, Valeri Nishkushin. He played with a foot injury where he couldn't walk, right? Yeah, so but then hobbling it onto the hobbling, hobble, yeah. And but he needed help actually getting his skate on. And then it sort of when he got his skate on and they tightened it up, it actually acted like a cast for yeah, his foot. Yeah. So the trainers pre-game because he was pre-game decision for like the last two games, I'm pretty sure. And once he got on the ice, he was just flying around skating, passing the puck and whatnot. And the trainers were like, "Oh, he's all right. He, no, he's fine to play him." Yeah, take that off, mate, and that swelling yeah. would have been unreal. Yeah, it would have been painful. I'm sure there was a yeah. few jabs in there. But oh, 100%. But, I mean, hockey is, a, as I said, it's a brutal sport. You're yeah. just throwing nah, your whole body it. weight at, at speed. Something's going to break. Yeah, no, nah, good on them. It's, uh, it's good to watch, though. So, But the other prediction that you said was Kyle McCarr, and he was the one who came out. He won the Con Smythe, which is the, you know, the Brownlow or the... The best on for the entire series or the entire playoffs? Uh, entire playoffs. Oh, um, right. The Con Smythe. So yeah. that's sort of like the, you know, the. Um, so the best one. in finals, pretty be- much. Best in the whole finals. Yeah. Um, but I'm just going to read off his resume. He's only 23 years old, so keep this in mind. And yep. he was the guy that I said that he's unreal and this will make him. the. If he plays good this entire series, this will make him the best defenseman in the league. Now, at 23 years of age, and he's only been in the league for three years. So, in his first year, he won the Calder Trophy, which is the Rookie of the Year, in 2019-2020. And then, he was nominated for the Norris Trophy, which is the best defenseman, in his second year. And then, just last week, he won the Norris Trophy in his third year. Yeah. So, as a defenseman, that's unreal. And you're only 23 years of age. Not only that, you're adjusting to the size of these men, as well as the game. Um... 
and not as a defenseman, but you can score as well, but also play defense. Well, normally when you're a, um, a center or a forward, you obviously score goals. So he has to do it all. Um, but then, yeah, he won the Conn Smythe. Now, this finals MVP was unanimous. Yeah. That just shows you how good of an impact he had. And I actually kind of laugh because the, the game that Tampa won at Colorado, which if they did, if Colorado won that, it would have been my prediction would have come <laughs> true. He actually was going in for a shot on goal, but he got done for hooking, but the ref didn't call it. And he's gone around and he's been caught on um, on the soundbite saying, you're an effing joke to the ref. Just shows you how much it means to him and he's not afraid to let his, let yeah, speak his words. Yeah, um, but not only that, he's he also won the Hobie Baker in, in college, which is the, the yeah. college equivalent to a Heisman. Yeah. Um, so, All that's left mate, is a league MVP, it sounds like. I don't, that's not out of the realm of possibility. Um, and I don't know. He's, I think he's a phenom. I'm not going to say superstar. I'm going to go one further. He's a phenom. Wow. He's unreal. Oh, I love it. Uh, Mate, I want to buy one of his jerseys. Well, we might have to. We've got to get a couple of jerseys around here, I reckon. Just yeah, I think you up. do. Uh, no, nice, mate. Well, I, well, think I, your, your I do have, I do have pretty one, spot on, which was good. I do have one more stat for you. All right. And I'm pretty sure as well that Give last us a good stat I, to, to end up. It is, it is. So I said how Corey Perry, he used to play for the Ducks. Um, played for a lot of teams. He's now a journeyman. But he is the only person in NHL history for this. And it's for the wrong reasons. He's the only player to lose three consecutive Stanley Cups on three different teams. Nice. So I feel sorry for the man. Yeah. One, maybe one day he'll get it. Maybe not. <laughs> Poor maybe fella. next year. Well, whoever he's playing next year, they're going to make it. <laughs> yeah, mate. Your betting segment, whoever he goes to in yeah. free agency... Just don't choose that team. Uh, well, you put one to make the cup, but not to actually oh, make the it. cup. Yeah, make make the cup. Make the that, finals, good odds. Not, not going to win it. So. Yeah, exactly right. Wow, bad luck to him. Well, thank you very much, Jack. It's been a, a pleasure talking to you again, mate. We're going to get you on again next week because you said there was a big MMA fight this weekend, didn't you? Yeah, there is. It's huge, mate. I'm already deep into it. All right, mate. Well, we we'll look forward to seeing you next week. Too easy, mate. Speak to you then. See you, mate. Alrighty, so joining me now is the man that you, you kind of got me into this, mate. You kind of gave me the little kick to get this started. You're going to be our NBA draft man for today because uh, you've got a little bit more knowledge than I am. And you, you, you did plan on being my producer for this, but that kind of fell a little bit through. Producer Ash, how are you, mate? Good, mate. How you doing? Yeah, I'm not too bad, not too bad. So you got to see more of the draft than I did. I dare say you didn't sit through the whole lot. Uh, we, You're a Phoenix man, so you weren't planning on actually watching because they didn't have a pick, is that right? Uh, that is correct. I didn't really have that much uh, interest in the draft because the Suns didn't have any picks. Uh, but you, you gave me the call and said, can I keep an eye on it? The draft and give my opinion. So I uh, tuned in and uh, took a few notes down. So we'll see how we go with all these little bits of notes I got. Yeah, perfect. So we're just going to touch on pretty much the top five. We're going to talk about Dyson Daniel with the boys later on. I did hear that. Uh, I did watch the first ten picks, but so the, the top five or top three, any of those guys could have gone number one. So why was it such a surprise when Orlando, you know, picked one of them? So Paolo being picked by the Magic at number one was a very big surprise. Um, all the mail leading up to the draft was they're going to pick Jabari Smith Jr. at number one. Um, with Paolo, they didn't even 
try him out so he didn't have any pre-draft workouts with the magic is that is that normal because like i feel like you if you're up there you'd be trying out with all all the guys wouldn't you yeah some players pick and choose what teams they want to try out with so they can maybe um push a team away that they don't want to go to yeah. um such as i think maybe jordan ivy didn't work out with the kings because he wasn't that keen on going there which ended up working because um, he ended up getting picked up by the Pistons at pick five. Yeah, yep. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I guess players now these days they can pick and choose yeah, right, who they it. want to look that's, good for. So they, they have a bit of a say, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, nice. So he it's, was it Pablo Palo Palo went number one. Who went number two? And where did he go? Well, uh, number two was Chet Holmgren. He ah, was, yes, the big guy. Yes, the, the big lanky seven footer. Uh, he'll be a great pickup for OKC. He pretty much will be, uh, he'll form part of the strong core that they have with SGA and Giddy for many years to come. Um, yeah, he's an elite shot blocker with guard like skills. And OKC just seemed to love the uh, the tall and lanky players. They ended up drafting yeah. later in the draft a uh, six foot six guy with a seven foot two wingspan. So they wow. just love the length and players that can shoot. As long as they can pass the ball, then that's half the problem. Yeah, well, they got Giddy and SGA that can do that. So yeah. they should be um, a good young team. They should build up. Hopefully, they should play together for quite a few years. And I think maybe they might try pick up the number one pick next year, who's going to be a gun. I forget his name. But after that, they should you know, start coming out strong. Yeah, yep. Start having, like I said, a nice core and they'll they'll build from there. So Jabari Smith Jr. went three when he could, he was expecting to go number one. So he's gone to Houston at three. Yes, he was long considered to be the first pick. Uh, then slid down to number three, which apparently he wasn't too pleased with. So he'll be playing with a chip on his shoulder, which I guess... It's always a good way to start, isn't it? With a chip yeah. on your shoulder. Yeah, but uh, I think he shot over 40% from a three in college. Um, and he could end up being all defensive while shooting 40% from three in the NBA. So he'll fit next to uh, Jalen Green quite nicely, you think. Yeah, nice. Uh, now, this is pretty much where you've lost me. Who went number four? Now, number four, uh, the Kings, they ended up doing a bit of a swerve themselves. So this was the second surprise in the, uh, the top five. They picked a guy called Keegan Murray. Yep. Now, the, the Kings, in their last three drafts, they've picked three point guards, and the fourth best player in the in the draft was a guy called Jordan Ivey, who's a point guard as well. And that's when you said he went number five, did he? Yeah, so he slid down to number five. Now, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of people think that the Kings had options. They could have traded down and got some more assets and picked up Keegan Murray a bit later down. Uh, but they ended up just drafted him straight out at pick four, um, which is, a, I think it's a King's thing to do. They haven't really had the best run with draft picks. Yeah, right. But he uh, he fits what they need. They need a wing. They have a plethora of point guards. So it's a good pick for them, but they probably could have turned pick four into a few assets and got their guy a bit later down. And so who went, uh, what was his name that went five? Ivy. Uh, yeah, Jordan Ivy. He's pretty much... Uh, a Jar Morant slash Westbrook type player. He's fairly explosive. Um, was the best guard in the draft by far. Uh, but he, he'll fit in p- 
perfectly with Detroit. They must be laughing that he fell to number five. Him and Cade Cunningham will be you know, a pretty good backcourt for quite a number of years. Yeah, nice. Well, good on them. So, so Pistons are you know, looking up next year, or is it still another rebuild year kind of? Uh, should still be maybe another rebuild year, but it's they got a good young core now. They got a, um, a pretty promising center. I think at pick thirteen as well or twelve. So they they've done well from the self this draft as well. Yeah. Um, and I think I believe I just read they've made a few trades as well for. Um, I think Nerlens Noel and Alec Burks from New York. So yeah, right. So maybe it won't be a bit of a rebuild. Maybe they'll be yeah. pushing their way up there, which is a hasn't been uh, the case since what the early nineties for them, is it? Yeah, maybe they might play, uh, make a playing game next year. But um, they have a good, promising core of young players, and yeah, they, sh- they should just only get better from here on. Beautiful. Well. Uh... Just before we go, I just wanted to give a, a shout-out now that we are speaking about the, the future. Good family friend of mine, young bloke, playing in the, I reckon, the under-18s over... Oh, he lives in Whittlesea, so I'm presuming it's in the same area. I don't know if you've ever done this, Joy Boy. He, uh, yeah. 0.6 seconds to go, two points down in a grand final, step back three, and wins a game. Uh, in a grand final. Uh, have you ever been wow. lucky enough to do that? or? I have not, no. I actually haven't hit a buzzer beater in all the years I've played, which has been quite a few years. So, uh, good on to you, mate. That'll be a pretty Yeah, yeah little Alex. To... I'll, uh, little shout-out to Alex. He, uh, yeah, 0. 0.6 of a second, so he pretty offset. 0. 0.6 of a second, wow. And there's a video on it. So, he just, he, uh, yeah, it was oh, incredible to watch. So, yeah, in a grand final too. So, yeah, good on him. But thanks, uh, thanks for you for coming on. Just for a quick... Recap of the top five uh, at the NBA draft, and uh, yep, no problems. Well, definitely as the when when does the season actually come back? Do you know? Uh, it's normally at the end of October, I believe. Okay. So I reckon I think we... summer league. I think summer league starts next week. Yep. Um, and then they'll go away for a bit, and they'll have training camp, and then preseason might start end of September or early October. Right. Oh, uh, we'll have to get you back on closer to October when the uh, the NBA is rolling back around. Beautiful. Sounds good. All right, mate. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. All righty. Joining us for the second half of our NBA chat, we've got Danny the Wizard and Brendo the seven-time champion. How are you two boys going? Very well, Macca. Thank you. Good to be back. That's good. Fantastic as always. Yeah. Highly caffeinated and ready to go. Caffeinated. Got the warm drink. <laughs> got the warm drink. I've heard it's good for your vocal cords. <laughs> I would yeah, do that. More decaf. <laughs> I uh, just want to start off by saying uh, I didn't realise that there was a third web brother getting around. So just want to say good luck to you. I don't know if he's older or younger, but James Webb, the first Australian to enter the American Nathan hot dog eating contest on the 4th of oh, July. Oh, so, Jimmy boy. Yeah. Those dogs. Yeah. I didn't, what a guy. He yeah. was very quiet older about James? it. Older brother James? Yeah, older brother. Yeah, no, nice. Older brother James. And, yeah. uh, I knew that Cal Zinn was big at the Webb family, but not, not this big. Cal's in, Cal's out, Rev's my boy, you know how we work. There's just not so many Cal's out in old Jimmy boy, there's a lot of Cal's in. Here's a genuine Cal's in, dip the water, get it in there. I think that has to be one of the most disgusting sports I've ever oh, watched. I don't think yeah. I've ever sat there and watched something on ESPN, I felt more nauseous than watching. They're always real skinny guys as well, hey? Yeah, like, they can... the time they're not that big, they just, I, all they do is just punch food. You try it and you just, mate, one hot dog in and I am cooked. Like it's, oh. Yeah, you chuck it. I can't do like wet, the wet bread too, like it just... Oh. It does it's me. It's just a horrible. It does me the hot, head in. The hot dog sport. itself. 
Like, you don't even know what you're eating. Yeah. <laughs> they can't be good for you. What? Yeah. I don't think they're worried about what's actually... Just watching that hot dog go down without one bite. It's, yeah. yeah. Nah. Well, anyway. Can we call it... Can you even call it a sport? What justifies a sport? Uh, well, it's they call it... They call it... It's on TV, it's mate. On I'm pretty it's sure you can bet on it, so... Oh, yeah. oh, oh, that's well, it. You can bet on multi. Yeah, that's change your multi. It's a bet if you go on Jimmy. There's an over-unders for the hot dogs you're going to eat. So it's a, it's a sport. It's genuine. It's it oh, I don't know. Over-unders. It was a couple of days when I saw it. But yeah. What's, what's James Webb at the line? What's his line? Oh, I'll have a quick look while we're chatting. <laughs> Under 47 and a half. Oh, 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 surely it's not that high. No, I don't know what they're getting. They're getting the twenties, I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to look it up. We'll have a look. But anyway, we'll get into a few more uh, serious conversations. Uh, no, you said the whole podcast was going to be on hot dog eating. Yeah, contest, I and did. I, that's but... where I at. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't even know you had a brother, James, so you couldn't have been that uh, well prepped. True, that's true. Yeah, uh, he embarrassed oh. us at Christmas lunch one time. He wasn't allowed back. Here we go. We got outright found him. Outright yeah, winners. Joey Chestnut, a dollar oh two. Joey Chestnut. Oh, James oh, Webb. Oh. James Webb at twenty three bucks. James uh, Webb finishing position. Off. You get him for six bucks at top two or ten. Not bad. Top ten, a dollar seventeen. So, oh, here we go. Under forty seven and a half. Unders overs. That's what I said. Oh. And a half. Are you kidding? Is that actually what it was? Yeah. <laughs> You've looked into this. You. You've looked into no, this. If that actually is. If, We'll have to go back and check the recording. I can't remember what I actually said. Yeah, 100% that. you said 47 and a half. That's awesome. That's better than picking the Warriors in six. Uh, I was gonna, <laughs> we were going to bring it up. Don't worry. But... <laughs> nah, nice work. Any chance. Any chance. <laughs> All right. The, the actual serious stuff. The Kyrie contract struggles. So yesterday he opted in for his $36.5 million contract. Brendo, can you, exactly, uh, can you explain a little bit into your knowledge of what opting in actually is? Uh, yeah, so as far as I know, he had $36.5 million player option, so he could choose to uh, you know, opt into that, and that gives him the extra year at Brooklyn Net on his contract, or it gives him the opportunity on that player option to sort of explore uh, and sort of see what um, the Nets will offer him, if he can get like a max deal for another four years or something like that. Obviously, it's been a bit of a crazy time. Um, with Kyrie choosing not to get vaccinated and the mandates in Brooklyn, like New York's mandates, meant that he didn't play too many home games. I haven't got the exact number throughout the season, but it's just been a bit of a wild time there. So I could understand why Brooklyn weren't really keen to come to the party on another max deal, not knowing how the future is going to be held there. And uh, I think you said he had till till Wednesday. To Wednesday was the day, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it came, came pretty close. But I think, uh, yeah... I think I heard that they had a, a pretty incentive-laden longer-term deal with the Nets, which was getting pretty close, but couldn't come to a final agreement, which yeah, also could have meant if they really didn't come to agreement and he didn't opt in to his uh, final year uh, to the player option. It could have meant he'd go somewhere else. And I think if he had looked out there, no one really with the cap space is competing for a title at the moment. There was talks of the Lakers, but I don't know how serious that was. And so Brooklyn's probably still his best bet if that's what he's looking for at his point in his career to still be going for a championship. He's still got KD there. Um, but I feel like now the whole year, now that this has happened, has been a little bit unsure. The whole season now is just the one more year left of his contract. It's like, oh, will Corio can be traded with only like a year left in his contract? What's going to happen? Will Ben Simmons play? 
well, like, how's KD going? Can everyone stay injury-free? Like, if they all play and Joe Harris is back from his injury, they're going to need a special. Like, a couple of years ago, what were they, half a shoe size away from the finals? Yeah, like, that's it. A toenail <laughs> you know, KD almost. steps on the line. Okay, yeah. KD's giant toe steps on the line of the three and they're going to the finals. And maybe this is a totally different conversation had they get there because, you know, the skill level on that team across the board is finals caliber, championship caliber for sure. They just need to stay healthy. And, you know, you've got a couple of big personalities there with... um well, unique personalities, say, with Ben Simmons and uh, Kyrie Irving. But if they can get it all going, like, that's all Ben Simmons needs is a couple of good yeah. shooters around him. And, you know, even ball-dominant players where he can kind of just come in, run the floor, play good defense, and no one's like, why aren't you shooting anymore? Um, and KD, for a 6'11", 7-footer, he's allergic to getting in the paint um, on a post-up. would much prefer to play from the outside. So they're not going to have that clog-the-middle issue that they had at Trust the Process 76ers with Joel Embiid, where... You know, these two big guys. So I don't know we've sort of gone off track on the Kyrie Irving stuff, but right, it's all part of it. I know he's 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 opted in, and it's going to be uh, yeah. I'm I'm really keen to see how they go this year, see if they can shake it up a little bit on the East. He he didn't really have much of an option apart from to opt in. Like no one was going to offer him 36 million. No one was going to offer him any sort of deal that he sort of wanted because he did play such a minimum amount of games in the past two seasons because of him being unvaccinated. I think his other option was if he declined, the Lakers were willing to offer him 6 million. Whoa. That was it. So like, if that's, your, if, that's your, if that's your choice between 36 million and opting in, even if you do get traded, or 6 million, He's obviously going to take the thirty-six. Yeah, yeah. Like you're not going to leave thirty million dollars on the table. Yeah, so keep thirty, and you can stay with KD. Like that's a pretty hard option. Yeah, it's not bad odds, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I think they're pretty good mates as well. Hey, so he probably got a phone call from KD and yeah. said, and 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 gone. You know, let's go. This could be the year. Let's get everyone together. You know, maybe the mandates are all dropping and or everything going on. And if everyone's back and healthy. Who knows? Let's have a really good crack at this. Well, that's it. They, they haven't really had a, to an aging Lakers. They haven't really had a proper preseason together either. Like, no. Throughout the mandates and injuries and things like that, if they get the preseason behind them, then you just never know. And if Kyrie yeah, wasn't exactly going, right. if Kyrie wasn't coming back, uh, KD was going to request a trade anyway. Yeah. So it would have been the whole all of Brooklyn, the whole team just would have been blown up. Yeah, and it would have been starting again. Mm. Just be Ben Simmons by himself, <laughs> Big Benny. He probably shoot all the free throws. Yeah, maybe missing all the free throws. He'd be good at training. But we got a couple more signings. So John Wall will not signed yet, but planning to sign sign with the Clippers. That's uh, another big three if he goes there. Yeah, tampering free agent free agent hasn't started yet. But they they're pretty pretty sure on the buyout. Danny, I think you know a bit more about this than I do. Yeah, so he has been bought out from Houston. Uh, I think they. They bought him out. I've got it written here somewhere. I think they bought it, bought him out for forty one million of his forty seven million dollar contract. So he's getting that forty one million, no matter regardless. What. That's awesome. Yeah. So he's getting paid that forty one million odds. to walk away from that team. So that's what it means when he's been waived or bought out. Um, he's planning on joining the Clippers, and they are offering him six million to get him back up to his original forty seven million, which he should have been getting for this year anyway. Yeah. So John Wall's walking away with the exact same amount of money except playing for a team that he wants to play for and that's going to compete. There's a few question marks surrounding John Wall, though. He hasn't played since April 2021. Uh, over the past five seasons, he's only played 113 games out of a potential 400-ish because there was a few taken off for that COVID year. So there's a huge amount of questions for him. Um, he's obviously coming back from that Achilles injury where he only played 40 games since he had come back. 
He wasn't averaging as much as what he was when he was playing for the Wizards. Uh, he will be along stars like, obviously, Kawhi and Paul George and taking a lot of pressure off him. But he'll be playing a much smaller role. I mean, his whole point, I think, will just be to lighten the load on Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and be another ball handler alongside Jackson. But there's, I think there's a huge, huge amount of questions to see if John Wall's really going to be the player that he was like five or so years ago. Because he did go number one pick overall in 2010, which I think a lot of people forget. Um, so he has huge potential to live up to, but whether he actually does it or not, there's to me, there's still a massive, massive question mark. Where, where did he go number one to? The Wizards. Washington, was it? Oh, I knew Wizards, that. Yeah. Yes, I knew that. Yeah, I was just making sure did. that you were but, all over it. <laughs> in saying that, he's still... Uh, he's only 31. So as far as the NBA goes, he's really... like If he can stay injury-free, that's sort of... You know, that's just over the peak of their athletic ability and stuff. So there's still Especially only playing, what would you say, 100 games out of 400. Like, he's yeah. pretty fresh. Yeah. Well, he's only played 40 games since the 18-19 season as well. That's nothing. Um, but... Yeah. When he was playing uh, at Houston for those small amounts, he was still a 20.7 assist player coming off an Achilles injury and everything. So for, it's how could the, it's the Rockets loss really is the Clippers gain in this sense because they're only paying $6.5 million for a 20.7 assist player, number, previous number one draft pick and all-star. Like if, it's a, what a gamble. How can you lose? It's like um, if he goes to shit, he goes to shit. He's just injured, whatever. But if he's like the potential of him taking that that strain off Paul George and uh, Kawhi Leonard, and they've been looking for that sort of floor general, that that pure point guard to sort of set up the place. They haven't got Kawhi Leonard and Paul George just dribbling a ball to death and then shooting a contested contested two. You can actually set the game up. It might be just the like just the little thing they need to sort of get them over the line or get them at least a little bit further than they have been because that's another team similar to Brooklyn that have just um, you know had all this potential and all the expectation and haven't really shown anything yet. How did the Clippers go this year? I, I don't remember seeing much of them. No, nah, there wasn't. I don't remember where they finished up, but it wasn't uh, wasn't too exciting during the Kawhi and Paul George were both out for the majority of the season. Yeah, so yeah, it was uh, it was they're never going to be over competitive. But I think they still probably finished higher than the Lakers. I think. Yeah. Were they? In, I think they but might in... be in the playing tournament. I think maybe they lost the playing tournament to the Pelicans from memory. Um, With your main two stars out, that's yeah, yeah, which is pretty. So put those two in at a John Wall. Um, yeah, it could be they, very different. Totally different team. They should should be a competitive team, but I still think yeah, there is definitely question marks. And like you said, it's absolutely the Clippers win, and it's a gamble you must take. It, it would be silly not to if you can get John Wall for six million. Like anyone, I think oh, any team, sure. any team yeah. in the NBA would take him for six million. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So and I suppose what Houston's sort of thinking is like they. Um, like last season, they sort of held him out. I think he could have been playing a little bit of the last season. They sort of just kept him out. They said yeah, they were focused. It, it wasn't him saying, I don't, I don't want to play, is it? It was them saying, we're not going to play you. They were uninterested. Yeah. They wanted to go in a different direction. How They were focusing on developing the young players in like Jalen Green and Christian Wood. And now part of that, developing their younger players, <laughs> ends up, they, they don't play very well throughout the season. And they get, end up with the number of three draft pick, uh, Jabari Smith, Jabari Smith Jr. maybe, um, to add... Uh, to add to the mix of that like young core that they're developing, which like um, like so we said, they're on, they're he's, on a def- he's a number one Jabari Smith, so that's it's yeah, not a bad well, little. They said. The we one, two, we three. played bad. That's right. The one two three could have gone anywhere. So yeah, they've pretty much picked up a potential number one pick at number three. So that's a that's a massive win for them. So with that, and then a couple of their other young young guys have got, that'll be fun to sort of watch that rebuild and see see where they end up. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, so, so as we just said, we had the NBA draft the last week. Uh, did you did you see or find anything interesting out of that, boys? Oh, the NBA draft! What an exciting piece of entertainment to sit down and watch through. No, I, I didn't. I didn't sit down and watch it by any means, but I did notice that. Uh, it's a cool another home homegrown talent, Dyson Daniels went. Uh, where did he go? Number eight. Yeah. Drafted eight by yeah. the Pelicans. To the Pelicans. Um, from Bendigo yeah. to New Orleans. He did. Bendigo, Bendigo, Bendigo did get a shout out as well. Like I had. I yeah. Was, I wasn't there being that. a complete sicko and sat down and watched the draft properly, but. I did have it on <laughs> in the background, is... and then I heard Benny go have a shout out. I was like, "Oh, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie!" <laughs> Love that. Love that. So, yeah, he was born in born the in Aussie, Aussie, Aussie boy himself. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so started playing his juniors and even like a bit of senior basketball for the Bendigo Braves, which is a a rep team up up in Bendigo. They're quite strong. A little stronghold up there. Some of the regional towns. Victoria, uh, really, really strong with basketball. Um, so Bendigo is one of those. Uh, his dad played there. I think it was Ricky, Ricky Daniels, maybe. Um, Ricky was, Bobby. Uh, I'm pretty like sure he's a big Nesca. He's like a, he's like, a <laughs> <laughs> he's like a Bendigo hero. So he's uh, they've retired his jersey up there. He won. Oh, the that's awesome. Siebel, they won. He won the Siebel League MVP a couple of times. Um, played college ball at NC State. Um, so yeah, he was. Uh, I think they, they pretty much knew Dyson was going to be a bit of a phenom coming through. It was It was already playing for sort of their senior team by like 15, um, playing for leading sort of our, our state team in the national championship. He played in the under-15s, under-17s for Australia. And I think he's even had a dipped his toe in the senior Australia side already. So it'll be super exciting to watch. Um, he's good mates with Josh Giddy, So they've known each other for close to 10 years after rising through the ranks in Australian basketball together. Um, and they were teammates at the NBA Global Academy in Canberra. Mm. So that's sort of like an international NBA academy. They go out and sort of look for those players from a young age that look like they have the potential to step and then they can start sort of putting some really close eye and, you know, getting them working together. Um, is it? Did he go to, from, to, to the G League up. from there? Like, is that how he gets picked up? Or I think that's the link, yeah. I think I believe the NBA Global Academy then will give them give them options. So, yeah, Josh Giddy was selected six overall in 2020. The City Thunder. Yeah, he's doing... He's pretty incredible over there after his, uh, his scouting report said he was pretty much shit at everything. There's a funny image that says that he's... You know, all his weaknesses were like outside shooting, inside driving, athleticism, um, speed. Which is what he's been dominating with. Yeah, which is a gun at, gun at all those sort of things. So, Dyson's got, a, a, I suppose, a bit of a funny story on his journey to the NBA. As you know... The, the traditional route for a lot of American and even international or some international players is to sort of either go through their high school system and then be picked up by a university and play NCAA. Um, the one and done rule is sort of, oh, there's a sort of a one and done rule over there. Like they, they don't allow players to jump straight from high school to the NBA anymore. They want that little bit extra development, um, maybe a bit of corruption in the NCAA as well to get get some more good players in need there. That so money, need skip, that money, need that money. college. That's it, so... But then more and more players are looking for other options for that, that year between high school and and going to the NBA. Uh, like Lamella Ball's the famous one that came out to Australia and played in the NBA for a year after going overseas for a little bit. Um, and so there's just these different opportunities that are sort of becoming available to players that, you know, college might not be their their number one option if they if they don't have... If it's really clearly they're going to make it to the NBA and be a generational wealth, they're like, well, I'm, just, I'm literally just doing that because it's what I need to do. Some of them want to sort of maybe make some money or look at other options. And one of the things the NBA has put together through the G League is the NBA G League Ignite, um, which is a developmental basketball team 
which is affiliated with the NBA G League. So they're not actually a G League side as such, but, you know, they're a team of... Um, pretty much they're designed to play exhibition games outside of the G League's traditional schedule, and it's part of, like, a one-year developmental program for, like, elite national basketball Australia, so NBA prospects. Um, so it's, the roster's made up of both prospects and veteran players, um, and it just gives them an alternative to college basketball. So they'll play a heap of games against the other G League sides, uh, some international teams... They also um, had a few players in the All-Star Rising Star Challenge. So Daniel's played in that, um, played pretty well in that as well. And it offers a prospect salaries up to 500000 for the year. I'm not sure exactly what Dyson signed for for his, his one year, but that's pretty big. Like for, mm. you know, maybe, I don't know what Dyson's background is as far as financially, but for some kids uh, oh, coming mate, from take those socioeconomic areas... You know that that one year that can be that can be life changing for your family just as a level, and it's also getting them in the NBA system. You know those that ignite. They've got all the, uh, you know, all the equipment, all the all the areas that you need to go. You got your trainers, NBA level trainers. You got veterans playing on that side to sort of show you and take you under their wing, um, and sort of show you sort of the ways of the NBA. So so that's what that's what Daniel's decided to do. He turned pro, so that counts as turning pro. Obviously, he's being paid. Chose to forego any college opportunities, where he averaged twelve point seven boards, five assists, and two steals in his uh, in his twenty six games. So, um, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty exciting times for him. So he's joining a um, pretty good young core there as well at the Pelicans. Yeah, I agree. I think what the NBA are doing and having that G League night is much better than just making him go to university, like giving him an opportunity to get paid and stuff. And like other players are coming through the NBL as well, which is good for the Australian Basketball League. Obviously, you get these rookies come in. They only stay for one season, but it's definitely exciting for Australian basketball as well and gives them for a sure. better path. Gives them a better path to the NBA when, you know, none of them are going to finish their degree anyway. Their goal, their goal is to go pro. So if they can go pro and a I year think... early and show their skills and still get drafted, I think that's uh, really good for these young athletes. I think I saw, and I can't remember which university it is over there, but one of them, they have a deal with the Ignite team as well where they actually start studying over there as well. So they, I think they still, if they choose to, can do some units while being part of the Ignite. Um, they obviously can't play for college, but they can do some units. And then once they get drafted, they can continue to do those those units and actually finish a university degree through that as well. So it's not like, are oh, you doing this? So you're, not, you're foregoing any chance of an education. Because that's always a, a knock on these programs is that it's like, oh, well, what if they get injured in their first season of, of basketball and they've got nothing? Like they've got nothing to fall back on. So at least that's a that's a pretty cool uh, pretty cool little bit as well. If they can you know study something on the side while they're there and finish it off, whether they choose to complete that or not, at least the opportunity's there um, to do a bit of study as well. So it's good. Yeah, which is absolutely good, especially for the development if they don't go down the basketball route. For sure. So the Pelicans' young core that he's uh, that he's joining as well. So you got Zion Williamson, which a few photos came out of him. Uh, just last week, looking fit. So hopefully he can come back from that foot injury that kept him out of last season. And there were some not too flattering photos of old Zion. Um, looking like he'd eaten the team bus on a couple of them there, sitting on the bench. Um, but he's only 21 still. Ingram at 24. Herbert Jones, 23. Dyson Daniels is 19. Marshall, 24. Trey Murphy, the second, 22. Um, Jose Alvarado, 24. EJ Little, 21. And Jackson Hayes at 22. So that's a pretty... You know, if they can keep a lot, like they're not going to be able to keep them all there over the over the journey. But if they can keep a few of those guys together, um, they're going to be. I reckon they're going to be a pretty incredible, incredible, incredible sight to see over the next few years. Well, they're they're improving on their 
their team from last year, which actually did make it through the playing games, didn't they? They played, they played in the first round of the playoffs, did they not? Did they not play the yeah, Suns? Yeah, yep. yeah. So they've, we've, just from having uh, Zion back and getting uh, a good draft, a good rookie, uh, they're automatically improving on the side. So it's going to be really exciting to watch the Pelicans and see where they go. They're, I think they're a very young, exciting team to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. All right, before we, uh, we've been going a bit. So before we move on to the F1s with Danny, uh, Brenda, you had a interesting or a, a funny little stat about the... Who are we talking about? Sacramento Kings. Sacramento the Kings. Kings. Curse. Yes. So, about that? Uh, so they gave up the opportunity to draft Jaden Ivey because they, they went for a player that sort of suited them and what they've got at Sacramento a little bit more with Keegan Murray at number four. Also a great draft pick, but the fact that they didn't uh, didn't draft Jaden Ivey and Jaden Ivey slipped to number five and Detroit drafted them, keep an eye on that guy because pretty much any time the Kings give up the opportunity to draft someone, they become a bona fide all-star. So in 2011, uh, they drafted Jimma Fredette Teach me how to Jimmer, who was pretty incredible in college, but but yeah, died out in the NBA. It was a it was a flame. Uh, the very next pick after Jimmer Fredette was the Golden State Warriors, <laughs> selecting Clay Thompson. Never heard of him. Um, Never heard of him. In 2012, <laughs> yeah. In 2012, they selected Thomas Robinson. I know nothing about Thomas Robinson. Who? The one guy I do know about is the very next pick when the Portland Trailblazers drafted Damian Lillard. So yeah. another another nobody. Another Sacramento. nobody. Yeah. And then in 2018, they drafted Marvin Bagley over the opportunity to draft uh, a guy by the name of Luka Doncic. Don't know if you've heard of him, but uh, nah, so keep an eye on Jaden Ivey, future All Star. I'd say yeah. with the fact that the Kings chose not to draft him. So do you reckon he's stoked to not be going years. there? Or uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, Detroit's Detroit hasn't had a fantastic history over the last little bit. No, nah, that's fair. Um, with the, the lesser of two evils. There's rumours of uh, Miles Bridges signing. I did see that. Uh, Detroit, if Charlotte don't offer him the max, so could be big, like, uh, big time in yeah, Detroit. They could, they're, they're definitely looking like they're trying to improve. Whether it actually happens or not, let's wait and see. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. All right, nice. Uh, like I said, we'll move on to some F1. And Danny, you're our big F1 man. We got some uh, some news coming out this week that Gasly has re-signed with Alpha Tauri. That's probably the biggest news of this week. What do you think? Yeah, so everyone's like, oh, it's amazing that he re-signed. Well, he didn't actually re-sign. He was already contracted to Red Bull, so he didn't have much of a choice. As soon as Bunch of Perez signed, the only other Red Bull seat was his seat in AlphaTauri. So he's already contracted through to the oh. end of 2023 anyway. So he... He's, <laughs> it's a big blow-up. It's all, oh, shit. Well, like, <laughs> the team principal just came out and said, he's coming back. That's all they said. Uh, it, wasn't, like, it wasn't like a... It wasn't like this massive, massive deal. Um, and then his only other options is say if he had have opted out and not not uh, fulfilled his contract was to potentially steal one of the Haas spots or a Williams. So he's obviously not going to leave the Alphatari car. Well, both both elite teams this year. <laughs> to, to drop into the, the bottom two teams. So obviously it's not ideal for Gasly because um, like, it's Red Bull's second team and the whole idea of Alphatari is to build people up and get them to become more confident drivers so then they can eventually drive in the Red Bull seat. But he had his opportunity to do that and it didn't go to plan. And then ever since then, he's just been stuck there. So uh, more teams will be opening up seats in 2024. So McLaren, obviously, they'll have Ricardo's seat because there's no way they are re-signing him. Uh, after oh. 20, 
2023, which is yeah. Well, it's sad. It is very sad, but um, I just can't see after his performance. He's been in the car for two years now, and still hasn't figured it out at all. Uh, Lando's, New car though. New Lando's, car. Yeah, Lando's out qualifying him in majority of the races so far this season. So he'll still have 2023, obviously, to prove himself. But if he doesn't, which I don't think is likely. Like ah, I'll back him in. Back him in. That, that seat most likely will be open. And both the Mercedes seats will be open in 2024 as well. So for Gasly's next move, I think our eyes will more be looking towards the, the 2024 season. Yep, beautiful. Pierre's a, I reckon Pierre Gasly is a good, uh, he's a good midfield driver, right? Like the Alpha Tower is a perfect car for him. Like, like you said, when he went to Red Bull, struggled in the big team spotlight. Like all eyes are on Red Bull. You're expected to, you know, qualify right up the front of the pack and then perform. Even if you qualify in fourth, or expecting to take up a couple of spots with the pace that the Red Bull offers. Whereas it's almost like in the Alpha Tower, the slightly less pace. It's almost like less expectation on him, so he can just go out there and just give it him, give it his all, and then it's like, oh shit! Like he's, you know, Pierre's in the points again, and you know he's he gets on the podium, and you know he's scored what he's had, or well, he's right, he's won a race, three podiums, three fastest laps, and scored three hundred twenty five points in Formula One. So that's still a good Formula One career from now, yeah, for absolutely. now, and he's developed like a pretty strong. His his reputation is to be a pretty strong qualifier. So he loves to get out there and just absolutely send it. Um, yeah, and the Alpha Tauri, they like they're pretty happy with Yuki as well. They like they're happy with their little team. They got that Yuki Sonoda and and, yeah, um, so and Pierre Gasly to sort of work it out. I reckon, uh, yeah, moving forward, I think Alpha Tauri will definitely be looking more at Yuki Sonoda in the coming years. Um, but we will wait and see with that one. So Pierre Gasly is on sixteen points so far this season, and Yuki Sonoda is on eleven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, nice. Uh, speaking of the points, uh, we've just had the Canadian Grand Prix, didn't we? That was two weeks ago. Yep, yeah, yeah. And Max Max got the points. So, uh, I know you watched it, Danny. So what, what were your thoughts? Yeah, so Max, everyone was talking about this race as if it was much closer than it was. But if it wasn't really that close, if it wasn't for that safety car late, so Max won over Carlos Sainz, and everyone was like, Carlos Sainz was in the position to potentially get his maiden win in F1. And there was a lot of talk about this. But really wouldn't have been that close if it wasn't for the safety car. And now, if you want to talk some tyre strategy. Oh. Oh, yeah. Everyone real sicko was, stuff. Give us a real, minute of tyre strategies. Real sicko stuff. Everyone on Twitter was absolutely blowing up, saying Carlos Sainz, when he pitted, for he, it was like, I think there's 20 laps or so left. They're like, why didn't he go into the mediums? Because he was actually in the final laps was within a second in DRS zone the whole time behind Max, where Max just defended incredibly, and Carlos Sainz couldn't get behind him. So everyone's like, well, if he instead because he came out on hards, everyone's like, well, if he had a came out on mediums, he might have actually got past him because obviously the softer tire, the faster you can go, the better don't last as long. But actually, what happens in an F1 weekend? You only get allocated as a team a set amount of tires. So the only tyres he would have had were already used medium tyres, which they would have either used in practice or qualifying. So going out on used mediums would have actually been worse. So he yeah, went out on his set of hards. And I, I think even if he overtook Max, Max would have got him back. That Red Bull straight line speed and his ability to overtake would have been more than enough for him to get Carlos Sainz back. Unless it happened on the last lap, on the last straight. Which wasn't going to happen. He wasn't. He wasn't actually close enough. He was cruising really the last few laps. Max, yeah, yeah. yeah Max was uh, well and truly driving incredible. Max's form this season is like when his car is actually reliable, it's impeccable. 
Where Carlos Sainz was like trying so hard that he ended up actually just taking so much curve, and he was taking he was taking lap time off himself from driving recklessly to try and yeah. pass Max. But what other choice do you have? No, nah, you gotta gotta win it. Or I, it I don't know why the it. ten principles. I don't know why the ten principles aren't just looking at Twitter through the race so that all the Twitter experts can let them know what to do with the tire strategy. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> because everyone's got a great idea after the race what what they should have done. But um, it's a bit different when you're in that in that hot seat. I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, like you said, Maxi's building a. Pretty crazy. It's like after finally getting that win, winning the championship. Um, it's like giving him, it's like that's the monkey off the back, and now he can just go ahead and just smash it. What's he won six out of the nine races this year, and two of the losses coming from engine failure. Yeah, like, and then the so, other one was uh, Monaco, which Monaco yeah. is incredibly hard to pass. So if you're not qualifying first, you're in a lot of trouble. And yeah. the only reason yeah. Perez won in that was because of poor tyre strategy <laughs> by um, Ferrari. Mate, they're, they're, they're all big listeners of this, so you might be uh, getting a call <laughs> soon, I reckon. Yeah, so Max is now out in front of the standings and he's paying a dollar seventeen to win the contractual That's championship. That's crazy this early. Which, yeah. it is incredibly early. That's but actually a bit of juice to be... <laughs> yeah. Probably closer like, to... Uh, yeah, true. Is, what is he now? 50-odd or like... 56 odd, points it, ahead. Yeah. Right, which is two race wins for Charles. Without him two scoring. DNFs. Yeah, yeah, him two scoring, DNFs yeah. for Max. So as long as his car yeah. is ever reliable, uh, I think Max is probably going to run away with this season. So it's going to be really interesting to see really what happens between Ferrari and Mercedes and like a bit more of the midfield. Who's going to take out Isn't third? Is going to be Mercedes or McLaren? Because that's the other yeah. thing with Charles. He, the, the engine penalty he took, so he took a 10-place penalty. Or ended up at the bottom of the grid. Maybe he had to take two 10-place penalties, I can't remember. But he that's not going to be his last penalty he's going to have to take for the rest of the season. So he's already penciled in another engine in a however many races time, knowing that he's going to start from the back of the grid again. So that's just more points that he's just leaving on the table and more points for mm. Max to take and go even further ahead. For sure. And isn't Checo in second anyway? Isn't isn't it Red Bull 1-2 in the, in the standings at the moment? With Sergio Perez in the... Oh, he's just getting it out. It is. Yeah. It yeah. Is. So but it's pretty tight just, between two two to four. Yeah, it's, it's pretty three. tight. Yeah. That's right. But so, if his teammates in second, it comes down to it. They can definitely do some team strategy to make sure that uh, Maxi still holds his lead overall. Because they're more worried about the individual championship than the constructors. Isn't the constructors more of a bonus in F1? Yeah. So the constructors is the team championship rather than the yeah. drivers championship. And that Although there was more money in the constructors, though. There is. There is more money, money in the constructors. But a lot of the mid-team field like the mid team want to be as high as they possibly can be in the constructors to get more money yep. the top teams know that probably if they're going to get the best driver uh, they're going to win a high chance that they're going to get constructors didn't happen last yeah. year because max won but i'm pretty sure mercedes got the constructors um but yeah there's a more of a higher chance that if you've got the best driver you're probably going to get yeah. the constructors so the driver's standing as is now before we head into the next section is Max Verstappen at 175 points Sergio Perez at 129 points and then Charles Leclerc 126 and George Russell at 111 so that's your top four and there's a bit of a gap after that isn't there oh it's uh, nine points below that is yeah, Carlos Sainz at 100 huge gap <laughs> yeah, at 102 huge. points um and then it's a big drop down to Lewis Hamilton, who's at 77 in yep. sixth. Well, that is That's a great segue. Thank you, Brenda. That's a great segue <laughs> to this week, Great Britain. Uh, 52 laps of the Silverstone circuit with Hamilton being the defending champion. Uh, you, do you, can you see anyone cutting into those kind of leads or is it Max and Max only? Uh, 
Uh, well, like this is a super anticipated race due to the previous races here. Uh, Lewis has won the last three races at Silverstone coming into this. Uh, I cannot see him winning this again unless something happens to the top of the field. Well, his back's uh, too sore, isn't it? Uh, he, he still raced, though. He complained about a sore back and still raced and actually did really well in Canada. Yeah. Um, what, they have third and fourth? Hamilton and Russell in was that yeah. Canada with their third and fourth? So they're, yeah. they're improving. They're porpoising issue. They're not bouncing up the, yeah. <laughs> up the road as bad as they were at the start. That was incredible. Yeah, so Lewis actually won on three wheels, like because he had a puncture on his last lap and he still won. Oh, and also, it was the same race last year where he put Max Verstappen into the wall and it was where he hit the wall at like 50 Gs or whatever it was. It was completely ridiculous. And so he had to stand, uh, have a still penalty. Yeah, he got, I was going to say, he got penalised, didn't he? Yeah, yeah in and the pits. still came back, yeah. And still came back and still won. Uh, but that, that was, was in an in in absolute beast of a car last year, that Mercedes was incredible and this year although they are improving it's uh i still don't think it's uh lewis's race i'm probably leaning much more towards max or depending on how the ferrari does i think the the track actually favors the red bull a little bit more rather than the ferrari like the ferrari have a lot of speed speed in corners where the red bull have a lot more straight line speed and i feel like it's probably red bull's race to lose Beautiful. Unless you ask Christian Horner, who will always tell you how good everyone else is. Uh, like, what do you say? High speed, Silverstone would swing perhaps towards Ferrari's domain. And yeah. the previous tracks for favorite Red Bull, which he's always going to say, because they, they're never going to come out and say, like, yep, this is our race. We've got this. Yeah. They love to make it sound like it's nearly impossible to win and they just get it done. Yeah. All right. So we're going to move forward. Uh, you boys have got some multis for us going forward. Uh, I think. Did you end up going with an F1 multi, Danny? Yeah. I, well, it's not a multi. I've just gone for two single bets. And I'm, I'm really, I'm covering my bases here. So my first one was on Labbrokes, which was Mick Schumacher to finally finish in the points for the first time ever is paying $7. Cool. So that's, that's actually quite juicy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he was very close to getting a points finish in Canada until he had a car failure. So he qualified, I think, uh, Haas qualified fourth and, oh, sorry, fifth and sixth. So it was the highest qualifying both Hasses have ever had. And then for them, neither of them to finish in the points was incredibly disappointing. So hoping for that, but in the off chance that that doesn't happen, my next bet would be on sports bet, which is for Mick Schumacher, or Yuki Tsunoda to retire first, paying $6.50. <laughs> so I'm really going all in, or not at all, with Mick Schumacher. Yeah, either, either he's going to perform and get points, or he's not going to finish the race. Covering so really each cover, base. Yeah, just covering my bases on uh, two different betting accounts. And Brendo, what have you got for us, mate? Uh, I've gone for the uh, the Tim Carty method. It was a last last minute throw together because just before this went on, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right, we do a multi." So I went and had a look at the baseball, which I know very little about. But Tim Carty's method was put the money on the home team, get a little multi together. So I've gone the uh, Washington Nationals, uh, New York Yankees, New York Mets, and Kansas City Royals to all get the W. All playing tomorrow, um, which will come through at a nice little ten dollar. Ten dollar fifty two on sports bet with a power play. So nice. A little bit on that. See how we go. See if uh, Tim Carty's making making the web family rich or not. So. We uh, we've also had the 
Uh, Gary Busey just sent me through one. This is for early tomorrow. We should say we're recording on the Wednesday. So this uh, I'll, I'll put this out to everyone so they actually get it first. Uh, he's got in the Oakland A's and the, at the Yankees, my boys, he's gone for over 7.5 total runs into Aaron Judge to record a run and the Yankees to get the W. A nice $4.75. So. Aaron Judge, sock and dingers. Oh, yep. Absolutely. One of the biggest boys out there he is. But, Love that. Love yeah. that. Love the big boys. All right, boys. Uh, that's pretty much all we've got time for today. So another beautiful episode by you two. No worries, mate. Thank you for having us again. Always fun. It is always fun. and uh, Always a pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'm sure we'll have you on in the next couple of weeks to, to talk about that F1 again. And uh, we'll see what happens with John Wall and all Kyrie and all these mates. Love it, mate. Thank you. Nah, appreciate you coming on, boys. Cheers. And remember, if you like this podcast, give us a five-star rating, leave a review, and set the reminder to tell you when this podcast comes out. Make sure you tell your friends, your family, and your cousins. I'll put your cousins at the top of the list this week. Appreciate all the boys for coming along, and appreciate everyone. It's I know it was a bit of a longer episode today, so appreciate you guys sticking around. Find us on the socials, Twitter, AGSAU Podcast, or Instagram, AnyGivenSunday.au, or AnyGivenSundayPodcast on Facebook. Thank you very much, guys, and as always, go the Packers.